Hi, I'm Kat, marketer turned brand storyteller. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever. As CEOs and leaders, it's your job to always have the answers, but sometimes you need a little help. Leverage, if you will. We get it. This is the place for you. So wherever you're listening, 5.30 a.m. club at the gym, on your way to your next meeting, or putting out today's fire, let's get into it. In today's episode of Not Nice Clever, we are breaking down exactly what we look for when we do a digital audit of your personal brand. So we're going behind the scenes with you to share all of the things that we consider when we go online and Google you and much more. So Kat, do you want to break down what we do when we are meeting with a client? Yes, absolutely. Very on brand for us to do this episode because as we say, we do not gatekeep. So diving into all the things. All right. Yes. There are a lot of different digital touch points to consider when we conduct digital brand audits. So we're going to go through one by one, but I will probably share the first and most impactful one, which is your profile slash cover photo that pops up when you're Googled. And so this can account for what's on your website, whether it's your personal website or your company's website. This can account for what's on your social profiles. It also accounts for, and this is something that people overlook, what does the image search look like when people Google your name? We're visual creatures. Human beings are like, oh, that's another human being's face. Those are my people. Like, let me stick with them and reach out to them. So I think understanding what your profile photo says about you and what the cover photo says about you is so key. And a few things that we look for, are you smiling? (laughs) Are you dressed professionally? Do you leverage some of your brand colors? Is there Photoshopping involved? Some Photoshopping, you know, in a stylistic you know, way is okay, but other ones just make you look like circa 1999 PowerPoint presentation. And that's not the vibe, is it, Candace? Not at all. The reason this is so important is when we think about your personal brand, we really do think about the message you're conveying, whether or not you intentionally meant to convey mm. that message or it just happened on accident. And one of my favorite quotes about personal branding right now is by Rory Baden. I heard him on Ed Milet's podcast. If you guys want to go over to Ed Milet's podcast and listen to Rory Baden, you think he has a couple episodes over there. Mm-hmm. Great stuff on personal branding. But he says that your personal brand is the digitization of your reputation. Mm. And I think that's so key because we all have reputations. But are we putting out the content and the information that the online space needs to also convey the reputation you want it to convey or not? So that's kind of why we do this is to see what people Mm -hmm. see. And I love that because when we say personal branding or just branding in general, so many people misconstrue it as just a logo or the eye roll is heavy. Yeah, the here. eyes. Yeah. We, we can't hide that eye roll, y'all. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But branding, personal branding specifically, brands built around people, their stories, their values, their personalities, their voice, right? It is all five senses. It's very immersive. And obviously, you carry and wear your personal brand when you are offline and with your family, with your friends, with your network. But the opportunity to leverage this to support your business and grow comes in doing this intentionally and strategically across all these different digital touch points. Instead of just letting Google or Bing decide what to populate when people Google your name. Bing. Is that a thing I still? Mean, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said Bing. Did I just date <laughs> myself as an elder millennial? I don't know. I don't know. 
What about Ask Jeeves? Can you we? Guys let yeah. Us know. Let's test our audience here. How <laughs> oh old are you? Gosh, okay. All right. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> okay. So the imagery, right? The photo, your face, what you're wearing. If you look like you look in your digital profile photo, also online or offline. Literally, if your photo is two years old, it's Agreed. too old. It's personal branding, people. You change all the time. Every time you go shopping, every time you move, you get a new car, like all these things influence and impact your personal brand. We got to keep that shit tight and updated. So the next touch point that we look at very forensically is your name and your handle, how it's coming up. And I think the number one thing that is probably very challenging, but so crucial here is to ensure that it is the same across all platforms, that searchability and consistency. So I'll use myself, for example, here. My name is Kat Tori. I thought that that was a somewhat unique name. Turns out it's not. There is some lovely person <laughs> who has a very dormant Instagram account, has not posted for several years. I have a reminder in my calendar. I DM her every three to four months being like, hey, just checking in. Do you want to give up your handle? Can I send you, a, you know, an Uber Eats gift card? And so because I can't have my first and last name, I add XO at the end of my handle. So that's my handle across all of my platforms instead of having different ones because what happens, Candice, like when there's inconsistency there? Do people even know if they're looking at the right person? Exactly. We want to keep your profile photo and your name consistent across platforms to the best of your ability. I know someone's going to, John Smith is going to contact us with like a problem with this <laughs> piece yeah. of advice, but I get that. But to the best of your ability, you want to keep it your first and last name. And my preference is keeping things like realtor or actor or hairstylist kind of out mm -hmm. of your handle or your name and putting it where it belongs, which to me would be in your bio. Agreed. And that brings us to our next digital touch point that we review. So let's bring in a dating analogy because we wouldn't be very on brand if we didn't here. The bio can be considered if the profile photo is like the meet cute where you like lock eyes in the grocery store or at the airport, right, Candace? That's right. The bio is like that initial kind of small talk. Not if you're talking to Candace or I, because like we don't like small talk, but like in those rom-coms, <laughs> right? The what's your story, where right. you're at. So give us like an idea, because I feel like we human beings struggle so much to quantify ourselves in 150 characters. We're like, what do we do? What are your totally. best practices for a bio? To me, yeah. It's about answering the question, what can you help mm. me with? What problem do you yeah. solve? So people know immediately if they need you yeah. or not. And then kind of what is like the attitude or vibe in which you approach mm -hmm. your work? I think that for me, I tell people what I help them with, right? So I tell them, you know, I help you increase your income, grow your brand, have an elevated logo, things like that. And then I also say probably at the airport so they know I'm on the go, like we are moving here. That is really kind of what we are looking for is like, can we get your vibe mm -hmm. and do we know what problem you solve? And that's similar with dating, right? We want to know like, what's your end game yes. here and what are yeah. you about? That's what I want to know. Like, how serious mm -hmm. are you? That kind of thing should come through in your bio and I shouldn't have to like scroll through to like figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like that always ends up with like red flag relationships, yes, it right? Does. You don't want to have to be the detective. Just tell me up front what's yeah. happening here. Ain't nobody got time for that. We're so past that. Like we are, we were just joking before we hopped on here and record. We're like ruthlessly efficient. Like I sent a text message to our landlord here in DC and I was like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, any questions? Cool. Great. We're moving on. And, and it's like, oh, boss. Yeah. Like just... Get it done. 
Like be efficient. So I'm reading exactly what to say. <gasps> Yay. And instead of asking any questions, he says to say, what questions do you have for me? And then people typically say no questions because you've like mm-hmm. been so thorough or it kind of just, instead of saying, do you have any questions and kind of leaving them hanging like, oh shit, should mm-hmm. I have questions? And then they like make something up off the fly because they feel like they're supposed to fill in that space. Right. They feel obligated. Yeah. Yeah. They feel obligated. Just be like, what questions do you have for me? And they can be like, oh, none. And that's like an answer to that question instead. It's like an easy off the hook. Totally. If you need a book, check out exactly what to say. Kat recommended it to me a couple of weeks ago. And yes. Great. And easy. Easy. I know, too. right? Easy to the point, concise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just how we like it. (laughs) Concise and clever. Don't waste our time. Brief shout out though to our beloved client at Sirhan, Richard McDonough. He was the one who had recommended that book to me. So this is how good books get passed along. Look at that. Birds of a feather. So being concise and specific, perfect next segue. It's almost like we planned this, but we didn't really, but we do. I mean, we do this all the time. So it's like muscle memory. Link in bio slash website. Now, your website's going to come up typically if it is first and last name.com, which is what we recommend for your personal brand. You don't want to limit yourself, like Candace was saying in your handle, to say realtor or stylist. Who knows? Five years from now, you might want to do something different. You have no idea, right? Don't limit yourself. But specifically for links in bio, we don't recommend just slapping up your personal website there because Candace's favorite analogy here is that it's like dropping somebody off in the middle of a digital desert without a roadmap. Your website is vast. There's so much. So if you are doing a link in bio and a certain digital profile or social profile, be specific, be targeted. Do you have a specific call to action in your bio? Cool. Link to that page or link to a lead form on that page so that you can, what? Because think of the whole point of a website is to get people to contact you, right? Yes. The whole point of being online at all is to get people in conversations Mm. offline. That is the entire point, right? You want to generate leads. So your first link in bio should be to perhaps a lead magnet, also known as a digital Mm -hmm. download that offers value to your audience. That way you are then gathering their email address and you're building your email list and being strategic about that. So instead of just saying, go to my website and do what you will, you want to give them the next right step in building a relationship with you. And the next right step would be to get even more connected than just being online you know, friends or mm-hmm. followers. So that's what I recommend is gathering their information yep. in that first link in bio. And if you want to put your website below that, you absolutely can do that as another opportunity for people to explore what you do and how you help, but give them the action at the top immediately. And this is not to say that if you invested a whole lot of time, energy, and you know financial resources in building your website, that that was not a good investment. It is. If people like the value, the quick win, that carrot that you provide in lead magnet, they're going to return to your website, likely on desktop, because typically people visit on mobile first, and then they return on desktop, then they will peruse You've got them on the hook. You also have their email and then they'll be able to peruse. So link in bio, be targeted. Don't leave your people in the desert. Never ends well for them. All right. Next thing that we love, this is probably my favorite part of kind of the initial audit before we hop on a consult, because you cannot pay me any amount of money to work with somebody that I don't vibe with. And so social profiles, Candice, what do you look for? Like, what do we look for when we do these? So on social profiles, I'm looking at the content that you're sharing. I'm looking at videos you've created. I'm looking at photos you've shared. I'm looking at the quality of photos that you're sharing. 
I'm making sure that I understand your vibe and I'm probably not going to get that if it's a feed full of Canva graphics. Mm. I'm really looking for quality content in which I can learn from you or which I see you as something that positions you as an expert. Mm -hmm. That's what I think about when I'm thinking about content. I also don't mind seeing a little bit about your life. I want to know what you enjoy doing so I can vibe with you. I'm like, oh, they love to travel too. They love the beach. Like, I like that person. Maybe I should be friends with them. You know, they like hiking. Whatever it is that they're into that I might be into can also be something that I'm looking for. Just a connection point, really. Relatability. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I'm looking at when I'm looking at social profiles. And how often are they updated? Because Mm -hmm. if you haven't updated your social profiles in June. It's September right now. Like that seems too old to me. I'm just like not even following because there's not enough return on my follow investment if you're not posting. It is a reap what you sow type of relationship. And I think that that's something that people often overlook. We get asked the question, how do I get more followers? And I'm like, well, what have you done for the ones you already have? Yes. That's the better question. Such a great question. Mm -hmm. I love that question. Thank you. Thank you for inspiring it. The other thing that I look for is where do they spend their most time, right? So there are a million and one social media platforms out there. Obviously, we each have our own particular leanings. I spend the majority of my time on Instagram. I'm starting to spend much more time on LinkedIn. Facebook often loves to remind me of my statuses circa 2010, which I sometimes share, sometimes I don't because they're a little embarrassing. But if I see that a client that I'm considering consulting with is really struggling or trying to be great on a platform where I'm very comfortable and I'm always like on the leading edge of it. I'll be like, oh, I could really help them grow in this way. But if they're like on Twitter a lot, which I'm not very active on Twitter, I never really have been, or TikTok. Oh, you mean X cat? Yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) Until I'm not sorry. I still see the blue. Until I see, until Elon gets that rebrand, right? Or his new CEO, God bless her. Like until they get that full rebrand right, I'm still calling it Twitter. You have the right to call it whatever you want. I do. Thank you for that permission. But if I see that they're super active on that platform, I'll be like, okay, I'm probably going to do a bit of extra research so I can come correct to the consult and be like, look, full disclosure, I'm not an expert on Twitter. I'm a human and marketing and branding expert. So I'll learn the nuances and then be able to advise you. But it it just gives me that little leg up so that I can come prepared to the audit. Same for TikTok because Candace, you crush it on TikTok. I think I have three TikToks. I haven't been posting on TikTok. Like I'm not consistent, but I do enjoy it. I love it. And I'm a TikTok consumer. Mm -hmm. So I need to get back with it because like I said, I do enjoy it. It's yeah. just time right now and I'm choosing to focus on Instagram mm-hmm. right now. But I absolutely love talking about strategy there because I grew so much and made so many amazing connections on TikTok in a short amount of time mm-hmm. that are still helping my business today. Yeah. So I really absolutely believe in it. Yep. I think the one thing we didn't mention here is threads. So like that's obviously a newer one. But what I will say is however much the viewership has dropped off, I think the report that came out last month was like by 70% since the initial launch. That just tells me there's less competition for attention there. So I'm still posting probably once a week, every other week, or the thing that I'm also doing and that I'll look for is if people are engaging and like responding to other people's posts or liking them or giving their feedback. So social profiles, 
Definitely got to get the vibe. I think something that might surprise our audience is that we think about social profiles as vehicles to convey a message. Mm -hmm. And so we care less about which platform you're on yeah, and more about the message that's being conveyed Mm -hmm. if one is being conveyed at all. Right. And so when it comes to personal branding, we are about storytelling. We are about positioning ourselves as experts and authorities, as Ryan likes to say, celebrity positioning, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we're looking for. Like, is this message sticky? Mm. Do I vibe with this person? And is it memorable at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. And I don't really care which platform you're on. If I go consume your content as a stranger on the outside looking in, what is my instinct or feeling about you as a result of that. Mm -hmm. The other thing that this just sparked that we look at too is not just the following that you have there. We look at the length of time that you've been on that platform, how long you've been posting, but we also look at your engagement too, because engagement sees all and tells all. And this is a PSA to anybody considering working with us. We're not going to say we won't work with you, but if you are one of those people that have fallen into that trap, understandably, of purchasing followers, trying to shortcut growth, oh and then you know, you've know you got 10,000 followers, 17,000 followers, 12,000 followers, and then you've got what, like seven likes on the most recent post? There's something not right there, right? Something's fishy. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It does not. The math isn't mathing. Mm-hmm. And this is... Not to say that we love math. I mean, we, but we love this type of math. <laughs> we like data. We do like data. Data does not lie. So that's another thing that we look at because I think people really grade themselves so like severely on the amount of views that their content gets. And I get that. But again, think back to why we're doing this audit, why we do these audits for clients, why you're even on social in the first place. It's to make connections. You are not going to make money unless you have quality relationships and connections with clients, colleagues, referral partners. And you don't get that by buying fake bots that were made by bots halfway around the world. You get it by actually investing time and showing up and giving value and making connections with real human beings. I think I told this story before in a previous episode. If not, I've talked about it on Instagram. But a couple of weeks ago, I posted a reel that got less than a thousand views by the time I went to bed. Wasn't really great performing for, for my feed. Yeah. And so I was just like, meh about it. But I woke up to four consultations and then I converted three of the four. We don't hate that. We don't hate that, right? Mm-hmm. And so there will be questions that we ask of the client when we are doing these digital audits because we want to know if what you're doing is working for you. So mm-hmm. how many people have you converted this month, this year, this week based on your content. And then we can like kind of backwards plan out like what's working and what's not based Mm -hmm. on actual lead generation, actual sales, Mm -hmm. and not just the, you know, vanity metric. We can gather some information from that metric, but there's always more to be discovered. And you know what is really sticking with me right now, Kat, is- Tell me. Remember our client who talked about me like x-raying their brand and you're like, like, that's interesting, like a brand x-ray. I realized that I am an Enneagram 5, which is called the investigator. Of course you are. And like that is, right, exactly. And I'm a Scorpio on top of that. Mm. So you can imagine, that's why I love, you know- trying to solve the true crime dateline episodes. Literally. And it's like rubbing off on me. I mean, Scorpio is my rising. So now I'm just like, Will will come home and he'll be like, the hell are you watching on Hulu? (laughs) I'm like, my psycho ex, the perfect murder. (laughs) 
He's like, should I be worried? I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Living living out my creative fantasy is not my reality here. I'm I'm just (laughs) trying to solve the problem. I'm trying to solve the mystery. That's all. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I think that is my superpower is kind of digging down to like the root of the issue and then deciding where we actually want to go and what new messaging, new content strategy, new events or email series or whatever it is that we decide is allowing us to convey that message. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought up Enneagram because I feel like it's been a while since we've talked about that, but I am an eight and that is the challenger and also kind Mm. of the protector, you know, which is very much me and the piece of feedback we get a lot, like when we do these digital brand audits, because we do offer that as a service at Not Nice Clever is that we play well off of one another very well, which is so interesting to hear that feedback. And it's like, great, like we're podcast partners in crime. We're also friends, we're colleagues. And so I think if you think about it, like Candace, like getting to the root of it and then me saying like, okay, this is the starting line. Like how far can we go? We're like, let's go deep. Mm -hmm. And then like, let's go far. That's the one-two punch. We're so cool. We are so cool. (laughs) I know. Thank you for all our listeners. We really, we really appreciate it. I mean, you guys sending messages to us makes us feel cool. And that's all that really matters. (laughs) Right? No. And I'll, I'll be like a little bit vulnerable on, on this episode here. Like when we were going to record, one of the things is I never want to show up in like obligation energy to record with Candice. Mm -hmm. Like our, our podcast is sacred. I love it. I vibe for it. So I don't want to like bring that dense energy. And I was kind of feeling that we were considering rescheduling this one recording, but I was like, I sat with it. I was like, no, I remembered how many people reshared and sent us DMs about that mini episode that was how to surround yourself with the right people for you, which Mm -hmm. by the way, wasn't even our idea initially. It was asked by one of our listeners, Jose. And I was like, damn, I was like, we're so lucky that we get to do this. I want to show up. Like you guys hyped me up to not postpone this. And this is like a super, mm-hmm. I'm having a ton of, I hope you're having fun, Candice. Yeah. I mean, I'll do this all day. <laughs> yeah. That's the vibe. Cancel the rest of my day. I will <laughs> do this. Okay. So we're looking at your social profiles. We're mm-hmm. looking at the message you're conveying. And then we're looking also at any place where you are gathering reviews or ratings. Mm-hmm. So in the real estate space, that's often things like realtor.com, mm-hmm. Google business profiles. They just changed their name, by the way. They used to be called Google My Business. Now it's Google Business Profiles. Oh, trying to compete. Okay. Yeah. If you don't have one of those, it's free to get. And mm-hmm. it is a great way to gather reviews because since it is a Google product and if people are Googling you, that typically shows near the top of the search. Mm -hmm. So we are looking at your ratings and reviews, what people are saying about you. And oftentimes we find that people don't have very many ratings and reviews. Mm -hmm. And so we help you sometimes develop a system for gathering those ratings and reviews to kind of boost your credibility and your authority Mm -hmm. online. Yeah. Third-party validation is huge. And we look for that because that's something that's often overlooked with clients that want to work with us. It's so great to hear you say how great you are. It's so great to hear us say how great we are. But to have other people say it, you can't buy that. That comes from... Well, you can, but I we mean, hope you, you don't. you can, but like, <laughs> it's not going to solve the problem you think it's going to solve. So don't yeah. do it. Please right. don't do it. But that shows that you like walk the walk of the talky talk, and it shows you've got something to offer, and we want to help you do more of that. 
And you can think about your own habits when it comes to reviews. Like when you hire someone, are you looking at them? If you hire a plumber, if you hire a gardener, like whatever you're hiring, are you looking online to see what other people are saying about them? Mm -hmm. And the answer is probably yes. And so if you're doing that in other areas of your life, if you are going to a restaurant and you're looking at Yelp first, Mm -hmm. then you know people are doing that when they hire you as well. And so you want to make sure you're just putting your best foot forward there. Yeah. And like Candace said, these options are free. You just need Mm -hmm. a system and to know where to start. And then that's where we come in. So those are all the digital touch points, but we actually have something really special to share. So Candice- We've never done this before, and so I'm super excited. So Kat and I do digital audits for our clients, Mm -hmm. and we offer that as a not nice, clever service. If you're interested in having a digital audit from us, slide into our DMs. We will send over a 10-minute pre-recorded video- Mm -hmm. Of both of us. Get to see our faces and our voices. Auditing your profiles and your online digital presence. Mm -hmm. But today we thought because we love our audience so much and we appreciate all of the love we've been getting on Instagram and you all resharing our podcast that we'd actually do a giveaway of a digital audit. Mm -hmm. So we're giving away one digital audit to one Clever Crew member. And all you have to do, it's two things. One, you have to give us a five-star review. Thank you. Right? Because we're gathering ratings and reviews. We are. Blocking the talk, right? Mm -hmm. So leave us a five-star review. Say something nice or clever or both. And then the second thing is share your favorite Not Nice Clever episode on your Instagram stories. Tag Not Nice Clever. If you take a screenshot of your review and you tag us in that Instagram story, you will be entered to win. And I think we'll do this what, seven days after the episode airs? We will, yeah. We'll pick a winner. We'll reach out to you on Instagram, our favorite digital place to hang out. $300 value, like Candace and I said, because we do this as a service, but we love you guys so much. The power of community is just so incredible. It's priceless. So we're giving you away something priceless. So enter to win, tag us, slide into our DMs. We cannot wait to see who that winner is and we'll announce you on our social channels and shoot over your digital audit. So thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Not Nice Clever. Remember to follow Not Nice Clever wherever you listen to audio. And if you haven't already, drop that five-star review. Share your takeaways. Tell us your story. We love to hear it. Signing off your not-so-nice but oh-so-clever besties that mean business. See you soon.